podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Coobs on hosting duty today. I'm joined by Dr. Leroy. Um, fresh off some birthday celebrations, I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's sounding worse for wear, uh, right. apparently. So, you know, uh, I know he had a good time, man. How are you doing? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm tender, but I'm good. Yeah, man. So it's a good week. It's a good week. We got a game later today against FC Zurich. I think a win uh, means that we top the group um, and means that we avoid a round of 32 fixture against some tough ties. But last game out, uh, 5-0 win um, against Nottingham Forest. So Lewis, Sheldon and I jumped on a post-match Patreon piece. So if you want the reactions to that live and direct, make sure you sign up to Patreon. Um, because we're doing all the previews, all the post-matches, etc. on there. So you don't want to miss out on those, those uh, good snippets and, and the real thoughts, you know, the ones that aren't going out to the public, you know, the ones that are kept uh, behind closed doors uh, on the WhatsApp, in-house. 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 Um, you, you don't want to miss those, right? So this is the censored version, you know, the ones that are ops listening to, listening to the ones that are ops try to clip us up. They won't catch us saying anything wild on this. <laughs> you might catch us saying a few wild things on the on the Patreon piece, so make sure you sign up to that just for three pound a month. So, Doc Lee, we haven't heard your thoughts about that Nottingham Forest game, so mm-hmm. so let's start there, man. How, how how are you feeling after that? Uh, I felt that it's exactly what I wanted to see. I was I was really happy because when you, I think like last season when we look back to last season and since what um, Christmas twenty twenty. We've been trending in the direction of a good team. Um, the issue is, right, because we really couldn't kill off games, and even the games we were winning at the fine margins, I felt like our, rusty, our, 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 lots, our losses came in bunches. Uh, uh, our losses came in bunches. So we had, like, one loss, then another loss, then uh, three losses in a row or two draws. And, and we really had bad form. And the thing is, when you are, want to be a good team, which is what we aim to be, which we might be seeing that we, we could be now with a, a few more additions, you want to make sure that you, you don't lose twice. If you lose, you react. And the team really reacted strongly against Nottingham Forest because I think we were saying in the chat, we want to see a blamming, like, because it's a statement, isn't it? It's like, okay, we've lost, but we're wounded, like we're coming at you. And I think it's a thing that, Everyone fears from good teams and you want teams to start fearing you. So I was really, really happy with the 5-0 win. I was really, really happy with the fact that we went about our business and and, and really stamped on them because um, I think that's what we needed. And I think confidence-wise as well, we needed that going into the Chelsea game because we didn't want to go into the Chelsea game on, on another iffy performance or another draw or something like that. So I'm happy, man. I'm really happy with the performance. I'm happy to win. A lot of our players hooped. Um, we probably will get on to our, our, our number nine later um, and uh, some interested opinions that have been put, put out about him. But yeah, um, overall, very, very happy with the performance. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think, uh, you know, you're right. That's been a long time. That's been a long time coming, um, really. I think there's been a few games where we've created the chances, but we've not necessarily been um, that clinical. And there was there was some of that in this game as well you know, um, which we'll get on to later. But the first player that I, I kind of want to focus on is obviously um, Reese Nelson, who I think was the the, the man of the moment. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got man of the match, um, deserved it if not, um, because, you know, my feelings when I saw him coming on for, for the injured Saka 
was that, you know, boy, this is a big call from Arteta. I was not happy with that. I was thinking Vieira coming on. I was thinking Nketiah might come on and, and, and push Jesus to the right-hand side. Um, but Reese Nelson, that was, you know, not not anywhere in um, in my thought process. So when I saw him coming on, I was I was just thinking, yo, what, what's the manager doing here? But, you know, back to got an assist as well. And that's massive, massive impact. And I think that's the biggest impact we've had off the bench um, for for a number of seasons, you know, let alone just this season. Um, I think what maybe Pepe got a goal off the bench last last season and, and Smith Rowe got a few, but to bag a brace um and and get an assist to to put us two and three uh nil up, I think is, is an amazing contribution for Nelson. Man. So how are you feeling about that? So yeah, contribution wise it's perfect because even though we were really dominant, the game was one nil um and it was tight, you know. Um so to to score the second and the third and then assist the fourth or whatever it was, I think that's amazing. Like he, he's done really, really well. Um oh I don't remember which order it was in, but yeah. Uh but uh, like Nelson is a player, don't get me wrong. I, I I've never seen it. Um I know a lot of mate is made of his youth form, but for me, youth form only means so much because it's really about how you translate athletically at the top level of the game. And that's why a lot of the players that are so, you don't really think are going to make it do, like Iwobi, for example. The ones who, Iwobi, for example, who's very physical, you, you, he transitioned to the adult game very well. And I just feel that Nelson hasn't really transitioned to the game well. But I'm not taking it away from him because the, the player I saw before the goal and the player I saw after the goal, they looked completely different because he was feeling himself. He was in his bag. like He was really, really confident. And the good thing about Nelson is you can see in terms of technical security and in terms of combination play, he's got the ability there like to, to do those things. I just think he doesn't really have the athleticism or the mentality because he's not very aggressive and, uh, and that's what you really need to be in this, especially if you've got his skill set and his attributes, you need to be very, very active. He's a bit lele, like, oh yeah, give me give me the ball, let me let me roll it with the bottom of my foot, do a couple step over the shimmy and pass it back to the fullback, you know what I mean? So, but overall, I'm so happy for him. I, I, me, I love seeing Arsenal kids show. He's been at ALN for God knows how long. That I mean, I was, I had a big, big face, um, when uh, when yeah, all props to him and stuff, and I hope he can replicate it because if he all of a sudden becomes a semi usable player, that's massive for us, that's huge. So, yeah, 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 100%. Um, welcome, um, SV Carboholic himself. Uh, he's wrapped, about his boy. He's, wrapped, he's wrapped up there. I think he, on the last pod, they he, said DT is dressed like Kenny. Uh, but Shell's Shel, Shel doing his own version here, man. Black black hoodie, man. How you doing? Uh, it's cold. Yeah, no, all good, man. I was hearing prop for, you know, Thursday night Neymar. So we're, we're, we're here. We're ready to, to take over. Um, so, no, I'm joking. No, it was good, man. It was good to see what he did um, on Sunday. As, as Leroy said, I think if we can replicate it, it'd be good. It'd give us another option because we know what the schedule is going to look like after the World Cup. So, this season more than any bodies are essential so you know so that we can that we can rotate you know it's looking back now do you guys not think it's mad that we managed to get through that whole month of november you know <laughs> in nine games and you know we came out with a, a good record of seven wins one draw and one defeat so considering the injuries we had um uh you know uh well i say we didn't have many injuries but it, it was good that we managed to manage that thursday uh, sunday schedule as best as we can and it was good that, you know, Sunday was the first time, probably you'd say in a few weeks, that we looked refreshed. You know, some of the performances have probably been a bit laboured, um, especially in the league in recent weeks. So it was good to have that bounce back and uh, hopefully we can end it strong um, in the last two league games against Chelsea and uh, and Wolves. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think, um, you know, let's not jinx it too much. We've still got two games to play before the, um, the World Cup. We've seen that, you know, Chelsea lost a couple of players last night. Um, Spurs lost a player on Tuesday, um, so you know let's not count our our eggs just yet, and um, because there's a I think what Zurich, Chelsea, Brighton, and Wolves, so four games still to play at time of recording. Um, so you know fingers crossed we make it to the World Cup without any more major injuries, um, and that World Cup gives us an opportunity to really 
I guess, uh, focus on the fitness of a lot of these guys, right? Zinchenko, that can be great recovery time for him. You know, Elneny has been um, a bigger miss than we would like to admit so far. Uh, Smith Rowe, obviously, he's had his surgery. And so, you know, hopefully by December 26th, a lot of these guys are back to full fitness and we can hit the second half of the season um, with full guns blazing, you know? Um, so I want to talk about, I guess this is the main topic of discussion around Arsenal Twitter since um, since the, the, the game on Sunday. And that's basically around Gabriel Jesus, right? So Dr. Leroy, you sent an impassioned um, voice note into the into the WhatsApp chat yesterday, oh, saying you know people are overreacting this that and oh, the other. Yeah. So you know, let's let's hear your thoughts on that, man, because he's now gone seven games, I think, without a goal, seven league games without a goal, um, and this was, I think, one of the major question marks around the Jesus signing is that scoring consistency, right? So let's hear your let's hear your thoughts on this. So first, thing I want to say when my boy spins the block here. Yeah. And pulls the AK forty seven out out the window. I don't want to get shit from no one. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, either way, yeah. Like, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And I'll tell you the reason I'm not worried. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is a flawed player. Like every player is a flawed player. Now, when we were looking at him beforehand, like yourself, Coots, and a lot of other people expressed issues about his scoring consistency. Obviously, us at Touchy Gunas, we don't just look at the eye, we look at the stats. Like We're a bunch of analytical young men. Um, and we looked at the stats, and he's underperformed his XG for the whole time he's been there, right? We, we knew this. We knew the player we were getting. If he was the player he was, and he was overperforming his XG and slapping, he would not be here. Now, my thing is, he's, we bought him at, what, 24-25? He... This is the prime, but he can still improve. I don't understand why people are thinking that this is the final iteration of Gabriel Jesus. The impact that this guy has had on our attack is astronomical. It's phenomenal, in my opinion. And it's taken us from a team that is winning on the margins and scoring maybe 60 goals, 50, 60 goals a season, to a team that's on pace to score 95 goals. We're on pace to score 95 goals and our striker isn't shooting. Our wingers aren't hot. No, no one's hot in the team. And we're on pace to score 95 goals. This guy has brought the team to a level that this team could explode. And it's got levels and levels and levels and levels to go, in my opinion. Now, let me talk about him individually. Him, what, did you get two or three assists at the weekend? And Yeah, yeah two, two assists at the weekend. In, if there be a reasonable match, you probably got man of the match. In this run where, okay, he's been a little bit goal shy, how many shots has he had? He's been having five, six, seven shots a game. How many chances has he had? He's been having chances. A lot of them are through his own creation and his own ability. I remember, and this is what I was I, I was saying, in, I'm not sure if it was that group or the other group. Um, you remember when Jimmy Vardy came to the league? Jimmy Vardy couldn't hit a fucking barn door. But he was a menace. He was hassling defenders, harrying defenders, and Leicester played him every game because he was so important to their team. And I remember an interview with Kevin Phillips when Kevin Phillips was coaching there, and he said, Jamie Vardy gets so many chances. Jamie Vardy does so much for the team. All he needs to do is get his finishing right. And he spent a whole season working with him on his finishing. The next season, Jamie Vardy turned into a fucking monster. With Gabby Jesus, it's like one thing, if he can get this right and he can improve in this one area, he's going to go supernova. And that can happen. He's 25 years old. That can happen. So the reason I'm not concerned is, number one, he's having a dry spell and he's missing a lot of chances. I feel like variance, naturally, he will start scoring some more chances and he'll be fine. He's getting enough. Two, his impact on the team and the way we're creating chances and scoring goals is astronomical, even if he's not scoring. Three, I feel that he can improve significantly in terms of his finishing. And if he does improve in his finishing, what kind of play, what have we got here? What player have we got here if he does? You know? So I think people are going completely overboard saying, oh, he's a 10 out of 10 finisher, this, that. I'm seeing nonsense on the PLF account. I'm seeing nonsense from the ops. 
like basically all these men are trying to hate because they don't like seeing Arsenal being good again in a nutshell. Um, and it's rattling them. So from when from when I'm seeing they're reaching the party and then they can't reach the party, and then man said, Oh, I'm gonna have to put my other guy agenda on ice. Haha, fam. Like they're literally going from player to player to player to try and find an agenda because they can't find one. And and that's it. Like, I don't think Arsenal fans should be massively concerned at the moment. If we, we're talking about he's gone 15 games and he's scored three goals, or he's gone on a, a crazy drought, or he's not getting chances, or he's giving away the ball all the time, fair enough. But please, man, relax. We're still playing well. He's playing well. And the goals will come. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think I think he makes a really good point there, man. And, you know, so when um, I... I I share my thoughts on on Jesus. It's not because I I disagree with you um, at all. I think you know the the contribution that he's made to the team has been over and above what I expected it to be. Right. So you know you're looking at his physic his physicality. Um, I think is is a massive massive bonus to the team. Like he's playing like a six foot four target man. You know body and centre backs every single week, and then you know he's he's playing like a winger almost as well. Like he's he's dubs in them. On, on top, right? So he's beating strikers to the ball in the air, chesting it down, holding them off, like hitting the ball through their legs, um, creating chances, etc. As we're saying, you know, you've got two two more assists, and I think he's on uh, seven assists already this season, all competitions. So you know, that's that's I think that's that equals Lacazette in the whole of last year. So I think goals and assists, he's already cleared um, Lacazette's entire season contribution last last year, right? So. You know, when, I, when I'm saying this, I, I just don't think it's an issue. And where um, I may sort of differ in my analysis of, you know, this guy um, and his finishing ability is, you know, he, he is 25 and this isn't necessarily his first season. You know, I, I guess people are saying, yes, yeah, his first season playing as the main number nine, etc. But he's also, like, for the majority of his Man City career, has started as the striker. I know in the last season they weren't really playing with the striker, etc. All of this, but in his first sort of three, four seasons there, he was Aguero's understudy. And when Aguero didn't play, Jesus played, and he played through the middle. And um, you know, you can go and understand, and you can see all of the underperforming XG this that, and the other. And my thing is this: like, if you know that you're competing with Sergio Aguero, etc., why would you not work on your your finishing when you're playing at? The best club in the world at creating chances, etc. You know, so it might just be the case that he he just isn't a good finisher, and that doesn't change. So whilst I agree that yes, players can improve finishing. You've mentioned Jamie Vardy. I think I mentioned um, Odenwengi um, previously, who did similar sort of thing worked on his finishing for one one summer. Came back. I think he scored sixteen goals in the Premier League, which for him, you know, is a is a big step up from what he, he usually usually got. He was a, historically quite a poor finisher for his clubs and for Nigeria as well. When I watched him, so you know, I do think players can improve their finishing. You look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, etc., just became goal hungry um, and 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 started putting up crazy crazy numbers once he focused on being a goal scorer. So. It can improve, and that's not me to say that, that this Jesus is the one that we're going to get forever, permanently. But also, I actually just don't think that if this Jesus is the one that you get permanently, I don't think it's an issue. Because for me, he's always been someone who's scored in fits and bursts. Um, but as you said, what he brings to the team, it means that we're not actually reliant on him to score. right? So if you look at the way Man City played this season, it's very different to the way they played last season. Last season, and I think the, the season before, they shared goals around. I don't think their top scorer um, in the league got more than like 17, 18 goals. Um, but they had, you know, someone like Sterling get 13, Foden get nine, Bernardo get, you know, seven or eight, uh, Gundogan get seven or eight, KDB get, you know, 10, 10 to 15 goals, etc., etc. And that's how they get these 100 goals. Cancelo would pop, pop in with, you know, three or four. Rodri would pop in with three or four long rangers, a few headers. The centre-backs would score. It's that and the other, right? So, you know, I think if that's the way and the direction that we're going and you look through the team now, you've got Saka on five goals, all comps. Uh, Odegaard on four goals. Um, Xhaka on four goals. Jesus on five goals. Martinelli on five goals. You know, Smith-Rowe to come back, he'll probably give us, you know, with the second half of the season, he scored 10 um, in one half season last last year, pretty much. Um, so, you know, if we're sharing goals around the team, 
it doesn't actually matter that your main guy isn't shooting. So when people are, you know, trying to run these bents and this and the other, you can't let that bother you because at the end of the day, we're, we're averaging over two goals a game. Do you know what I mean? We're, 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 on, we're sitting on 30 goals scored after 12 games. You know, like, I can't be mad at that and say that Jesus not scoring is a major issue. Do you get what I mean? So, you know, and we won 5-0 the other day with Jesus having seven shots and scoring none. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, whilst the team is playing well, this is this is not a problem because his performances are still very, very good. So, you know, I, I do think this might be just him. I'm not saying it is 100% because I agree with your point. Players can improve finishing. Finishing is something that we do see players improve on. It's a skill and it's a skill that can be worked on because his technique is quite solid. So I'm also not mad that he's not scoring, if that makes sense. So, Sharon, I'll let you come in on this um, before before we move to the next topic. Uh, I don't think there's much to add, man. I think you guys have covered it most off. Uh, I'm still confident it'll come good. You know, I remember Henri went, what, 10 games when he first joined without scoring a single goal, you know, and people were saying you couldn't hit a barn door. So, let me see. How long in that season where we didn't win, the, in that Leicester title winning season, did Giroud go without scoring a goal in the league? I just want to see something. Is that 15, 16 games, something like that? So, if he goes that long, that's when I start to worry. But I, I have a feeling it will turn around for him. Do you know what I mean? Any striker that can make chances and continuously gets chances, I think he'll 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 get his fair share. He'll have there will be a purple patch he hits soon, very very soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm not worried. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. So um, the next guy that I want to focus on here is just um, number five, Thomas Partey, right? So I think this is one of the few games where we've seen this guy hit over a hundred passes. Um, in the league and he sort of seems that he's getting better and better and better and better playing that number six role um, for us, right? And, you know, we've had this discussion around um, sort of the best DMs in the league um, and whether or not he's world-class or not, but I don't, I don't really want to get into that today. But, you know, uh, how do you evaluate his performances so far this season? Because for me, I think on form, he might be the best DM Um right now um in in the league yeah yeah i I, I think you know clive on arsenal vision made this point as well like the reality is like who in the league can do what he does you know that we overload his sixth position where his positional sense is strong even though funnily enough he might not be the best athletically but he always knows where to stand knows where to be um, progression. He knows how, you know, even when he's pressed, he knows how to evade pressure. He knows how to, to you know, wriggle out of a couple situations to give himself a different angle to break lines, the different avenues which he uses to break lines, which he goes both short and long. Um, you know, his synergy with Erdegaard, I think that's one of his probably his most common pass map in games. But then there were a few, especially at the weekend, I saw at the game as well, where he hit, you know, um, first half, he hit like one over the top to Xhaka, which he used to create for Martinelli, which got cleared off the line. The second goal we scored against Forrest was him breaking the line, picking up the ball, driving, threaded the through ball, which split that whole Nottingham Forest team. Xhaka, Jesus, Nelson, goal. So, yeah, man. And then he scored, you know, a replica of his... Um, Spurs North London derby goal. So it re really, what you're getting from him, what you're asking him to do, you couldn't ask for any more. The only thing, obviously, for me is that, you know, consistency, consistency. Sometimes, you know, um, the technical level drops from him and, and maybe it's a case of, you know, someone said that he, he, he does seem to tire in game. So he, he maybe, I don't know if it's the intensity or just that he's not the most fit. So, so it's a bit of that and a bit of just... Um, you know, I think I was talking to someone in the tail who made this point. You've got to remember what we're asking Party to do. I don't think he's ever had to do in his career. You know, he's paid he's playing as a lone six. That's not he was what he was doing at Atletico. Do you know what I mean? He was playing as part of a double pivot. So the onus is on him. So he's learning how to, you know, even I say he's learning, even though he's like what 28, 29, he's still learning how to do new things. You know, he's never been relied on to do this. So and I just think you know, the more he plays it, the more he'll get better. He'll learn to even control better. Um, you know, that's some of the criticism that's labelled at him sometimes that he's too vertical. I think that's a bit too critical at times because, you know, there's very few people who can do what he does. I, I do get what people say sometimes in terms of, you know, you know, when other teams start to build momentum, it's just a case of slow it down. You know, you see what Busquets and Rodri do where they'll just go sideways, sideways, sideways. They like to draw people on and then they'll go through. So sometimes maybe you don't always need to go forward straight away. But I think that's my new criticism, really and truthfully. It's, it's not the be all and end all and it's definitely not affected us on the whole this season. So yeah, big him up, man. And uh, long may it continue and stay fit. Yeah, 
But I think mm. the way we've used him has, has, has been good as well. One hundred percent. And Doc Lear, I know you're. I know you're a party party stand. To be honest, so so let's yeah. let's hear your thoughts, man. Um, I, I know we're not getting into the debate today, but I've been saying from the very very beginning, I only think Rodri can chat to him in the league. I don't think there's any other player apart from Rodri that's even a conversation. Um, to be honest with you, but and that's been from the beginning. Now consistency has been an issue. We know that. That's fine. Availability has been an issue. We know that. That's fine. But I think this season he's been fantastic. Um, back in the last season before his injury, again, fantastic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He, um, to do what he does both on the offensive and defensive end, I just think is is phenomenal in terms of the amount of ball recoveries he makes, in terms of his positioning, in terms of the transitions he stops. And then in terms of his forward passing, now everyone says, I think the criticism of him being too vertical, I think it's wild because... He is literally the ball progressor. Like, he is all of our ball progression. I mean, maybe a bit less now when Zinchenko plays, etc. Um, but I feel like that's very, very important. And he takes that role very, very seriously. Um, but yeah, I've, it, I think it's night and day when he plays and when he doesn't, what we look like. We look like a proper, proper team when he plays. And when he doesn't play, we really look vulnerable. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've said enough about party. I think there's there's not more that I can say. In terms of a footballer, I think he's phenomenal. I, I, I think he's so, so good. And I think he's so important to what we do. Um, it's been interesting because I only I think he signed a four-year contract and this is his third, I swear. Mm. I think he's got two years left. I'll swear. Mm. Okay. All right. So two mm. years left and he's what? He's 29 now. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, if we're going to do anything this season, and by anything, I'm going to clarify top four and um, um, starting in the Europa League. Believe! Hey, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. We saved that for Patreon. We saved that for Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even believe it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, what, yeah. Uh, gosh, you've ruined my flow, man. This is rattling me. I, I can't have this, man. I, I'm fighting the ops and I'm fighting everyone else as well. Like, nah. But, um, we're going to do top four and we're going to do um, anything in Europe this season. It's absolutely contingent on him staying fit. If, we, if he plays 90%, 95% of the remaining games in the league, we walk top four. Mm. Mm. I think, to be honest, right. So in that in that top four discussion, let's let's have a chat about that, right? Because twelve games um, and thirty one points uh, we're on at the moment, right? Um, and last year, Spurs got top four with seventy one, um, and I think the previous two seasons it was below seventy um, to get top four. I think it was sixty seven or sixty eight or something like that. Um, I don't think it will be that low again this year, but let's say to guarantee top four, you need 75 points, right? Um, and at the moment, uh, we're on 31, there's 26 games uh, remaining. So 75 points, what is that, 34 points? Uh, no, 44 points, sorry, 44 points, right? And I think that is 14 wins um, to get 42 and two draws from 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 26 games right so that means we can lose 10 more games right um win 14 draw two to get uh, to get 75 points from from the way that we've started and the way that we're playing um this might be a wild shot but i i cannot see us losing 10 games this this season 10 more games this season to leave us on 11 losses Right, I look at I look at a lot of teams that we haven't played at home yet. I look at a lot of teams that we we've played away. We've gone to Leeds away, gone to Southampton away. Um, I think the the tough away games 
um, are coming up. You know, Etihad, Anfield, White Hart Lane, Newcastle, this, that and the other. But they're all only worth three points, you know. So even if we lose those games, um, you know, we've been to Old Trafford as well. Even if we lose those games, there's still points up for grabs. Do you get what I'm saying? So in this run for top four, it would I for me it would take a massive capitulation based on how we have started for us to not finish in the top four at this stage, right? Like you're seeing all the stats, teams that have started this well, they've gone on to win titles, etc. Comes first and second. Do you get what I mean? Like getting involved in a battle for top four, I think would be incredibly um disappointing if that's where we end up, even with sort of injuries right because you know we we had the injuries last year um towards the end of the season and i think it took arteta a bit of time to find a new system this that and the other um that that might work but you know if you're looking at it now i think he should have a better idea of how to set up the team if certain players go down um where it shouldn't have necessarily the same impact that like you don't need to lose three of a spin because Partey got injured do you get what I mean? So, you know, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts now on what you think our top top four chances are now, given the start that we've had. Yeah, no, I, I think we've definitely given ourselves quite a bit of margin for error with this start. Um, and and like I said, for me, uh, this first 11, I expect to be competitive with anybody in this league. Um, but obviously, we know it's a squad game. We know, especially after the World Cup, the Thursday, Sunday schedule, I'm interested to know you know, we're sitting here now, like for me generally, because of the way we started, I actually don't care about any other competition. That's actually my my current standpoint. I'd rather us just do as strong as we can in the league. But knowing Arteta, I think Arteta will want to go all out for Europa as well. I think you guys might agree. I think Arteta will want to go all out for Europa as well. So he's going to have to have that fine balance, you know, that fine juggling act. Obviously, he mentioned in his press conference yesterday that Elneny is back. Um, so, you know, it sounds like he wants to move Lokonga back up, you know, a position again, so back to centre mid. So, you know, I think obviously he, he mentioned as well that, you know, Elneny is the first standing for party. So that's my big worry in this team, you know, you know, party going down for any significant period of time. That said, I think Elneny, whilst not flashy, is a competent six. Um, and I would probably feel more okay with someone like Elneny playing, if Zinchenko was fit regularly, you know, from a ball progression standpoint, so that we wouldn't have to rely on him solely for that. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. You know, I, I want us to go as strong as possible in the league. I don't really care too much about FA Cup and League Cup this season. I know, you know, it'd be nice to win another trophy, don't get me wrong, but um, I don't want anything to compromise what we're doing in the league currently. So that, that's kind of where I'm at now. So, yeah, I feel like because of the start we've had, and if we can help, you know, if Edu can help Arteta in Jan, we should be looking to try and be the best of the rest if possible, you know, and finish as high as possible. That That's kind of where I'm at, um, you know, with, with, with us at the moment. So um, for me, try and finish as high as we can in the league. So if we can finish second and be the best of the rest, for me, that would be amazing. Um, if you if you can add something on top whilst not compromising what we're doing in the league, great too. But I'm not as, you know, hung up about that personally. Mm. Yeah, and, and Leroy, what's, what's, what's your thoughts? Um, I'm very, very worried of the, not complacent as such because I feel that there are quite a few teams who can achieve quite high points this season. And I feel that top four is going to be a higher points tally than it has been in previous seasons because you're going to have City who are there or thereabouts. I think we've been going to be better this season. I think Spurs, as, as horrible as they are to watch, they are going to achieve a higher points tally than they did last season. That's three spots. Chelsea are there and spent a lot of money. United are going to be a lot better. So I'm not sure that... I mean, what was it last year? 71 points or something mm. like that? I, I mean, I think you're going to be looking at 76, 77 points for top four this season. So... Yes, okay, what well, seventy five points we can we can we can lose ten games. We we'd have to fuck up monumentally not to do it, don't get me wrong. But again it's contingent on us keeping certain players fit. Um because if we start to get maybe <coughs> I could easily see us losing a, a significant amount of games. But if we keep our players fit, uh and we it's really, really important we strengthen in January, 
if we strengthen in January, I'm very, very confident, very, very confident mm-hmm. we make the this season. But if we don't do that, um, and our squad's still a bit threadbare, then it's always a game of luck, really, um, and to make sure we haven't got any major injuries because you could always have four or five players out injured at one time, man, and it's how the, the squad copes with that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, we'd have to fuck up monumentally, but it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility, and I do think top four is going to be a high point, Sally. Mm. Yeah, fair fair play, man. That's, that's completely fair. I think, you know, the main thing, I think I saw Saliba's comments... Um, before the, the Nottingham Forest game, it's just that, you know, when they, they asked him, oh, are you looking at that Man City result, um, et cetera, and, and using that as extra motivation? And he said, no, we're, obviously we're looking at the scores, but we're focusing on ourselves. We're trying to win games for ourselves and we're not really trying to look too much at any other teams. And I think, you know, if that's the attitude that's getting them to where they are so far, then they need to continue that, right? Because all we all we can do is play the next opposition, you know, and and try and rack up these points. And I think as these games come up um, and, you know, we keep winning, it's one one win less that we need to solidify that that position at the top. You know, there was chat um, after five games, oh, five wins at this, five wins out of five at this stage of the season doesn't really mean much. But at the end of the day, when, you know, you win a game, your rivals drop, that's a gap that you're opening over them. You know, uh, we, see, we saw it this weekend, Chelsea, uh, lost, got battered um, to Brighton. I hope the ops are, are listening when and they hear me hear, hear the emphasis in battered. Um, they got battered by, by Brighton this weekend. We we beat Nottingham Forest, and now you look at the table. Um, we're ten points clear of of Chelsea, and that's just one win. You know what I mean? Um, that 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 does that. And so you know, imagine we go to Stamford Bridge, we win again. That's thirteen points clear of Chelsea after thirteen games. You know, um, that is a massive, massive gap. That you can, you know, um, build upon, and then you go to Wolves. You win again. I think Chelsea have got Man City and Newcastle in their next two games. You know, um, so I'm looking at this and saying, right, well, this is an opportunity for us to build a big, big gap over our rivals, who for some reason keep dropping points um, this year. You look, and I think Sean, you mentioned it earlier that um, we've come out of this period relatively unscathed. There has been injuries to Zinchenko. There's been injuries to El Neni. Partey went down for a, a little bit. And I think, um, you know, the the the, the Queen's funeral um, helped us in that regard that he only missed one Premier League game. Um, and, you know, so players have gone down, um, but we've not necessarily missed them too much so far. And I think the club needs to recognise that, you know, we've got a bit of luck so far with the injuries and, you know, as Leroy said, in January, we need to go again and make sure that we're not relying on luck now with injuries, you know. Um, so that brings me on to, there was a report yesterday that said Edu um, and Arteta, they're going for one player, right? So if there is one player that you guys could sign in January, firstly, what position? And then if you have a name, let me know. Uh, it, it would be if if I can guarantee you know party and then you can stay fit for the rest of the season, then then go and get me a winner you know because because goal, goals are currency essentially you know goals can win you games even when maybe you're a bit lax defensively, and and as we've seen we have a really nice front three dynamic, um, and we've been blessed that none of them have suffered any injuries. Well, we all had our heart in the mouth when Saka went off at the weekend, so I think it's imperative go and get me a winger you know. Um, someone who can replicate the dynamics of the front fee, you know, uh, you know, who can, you know, they're all sort of wingers, playmakers, goal scorers as well. So someone who can fit into that group, but doesn't necessarily always need to start, but can come out and can replace, you know, I thought it was interesting hearing Martinelli talk about how, you know, he's comfortable as a nine, you know, the, the goal he scored, I think at the, at the weekend was very reminiscent of, you know, the goals he scored in the first season under Emery as a nine as well. Um, very poacher's instinct. So I would like, you know, and for me, I've always been a, he's always been a personal favourite of mine. He's still got some aspects of his game that he needs to improve on, but keep him fit, work on him. I still think Suleimana in a couple of years can be an absolute monster. Um, and I would, you know, you know, when we were talking in the group chat about some of these guys you need to go for now before they make their next move and then you can't buy them, you know. So, for example, we, Bruno G is obviously the perfect example like that. Um you know, if like a Suleimana ends up at a Newcastle now, you're never going to be able to buy that guy. So, you know, I think 
there isn't a name that sticks out to me that's ready-made that is you know we, we spoke about Rafinha in the summer but there aren't many names about like that that are perfect age ready to come in so you know there's been Mudrik but I I, I do like Silimana um you know and he wouldn't he could play you know play Europa play cup games step in for Saka Martinelli Jesus for the odd league game as well but wouldn't demand but would ensure that we maintain the same dynamic so yeah that would be my shout yeah, for sure, for sure. And you, and you, Dr. Leroy? <clears throat> yeah, um, I, sorry, I agree. I agree. I, I, my thing is, and then he's not the best man in the world, but he's, like, like Sharon said, he's competent. I really worry about if we lose one of them wingers. Um, and I feel like we need to use this as well to add... One thing I think we're missing is when the first 11 are struggling, we haven't got someone off the bench to change up the game. And who's like a, you know, like the type of player that you think, oh, fuck, he's coming on. We haven't got that type of player. I really want us to sign who is very, very fast. And just those players you want to double up on, like Alan St. Maximan, fast, dribblers, pressy, aggressive, that is just going to piss off the other team. Um, that's that's who I'd go for, um, and I would pay over the odds for it because we're doing four, five, six signings. It, it, it's a bit long, in it. You can't. You have to be very efficient in what you do, and everything's got bangs. When you're only adding one or two players, because really, truly, this team's only like three players off being a really good squad. Um, you can afford to pay higher sums if they're the right person. So I would pay over the odds for it. And I would try and make sure we get that winger in in January. I think that's the most important position that we get to to really improve our chances. If we can get the midfielder too great, if we have to wait for the summer for the midfielder too, I, I confirm that. Um, but that winger is absolutely imperative. Um, and if we can't get the, the exact right person, even alone or something along those lines, um, but it's hard to get that that quality on loan, I know. But we need to get that winger in. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in January. If we get that winger in. Yeah, we're in business. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I fully agree with you guys, man. And I think attacking signings in January are literally the one, right? Like they, they can just be enough of a boost just to provide that oomph that you need to get you over the line in certain games. Like you look at Luis Diaz last season um, for Liverpool. Like before they signed him. They weren't on the best run of form, and I think they went on a crazy, crazy um, winning run uh, at the end of last season, um, where they pushed. I think they gained like twelve points on Man City um, to finish a point behind them, or something, something crazy like that, right? You look at um, Spurs. Obviously, they signed Kulusevski. Look at the run that they were able to pull, pull together towards the end of the season. Um, look at us when we signed Arshavin. You know, uh, Reyes, Aubameyang. Reyes, there's, there's, these, there's, there's examples, yeah. All of these guys, right? And I think. You know, if if you're talking January, it has to be an attacker, man, because, you know, it's just that extra fear factor um, that you have, right? Like, if you look at our team now, I think our front three, very, very dangerous. They're looking, you know, as good as anyone else um, in the division, really, um, that you don't really want to want to come up against. And, you know, if you can add someone of that quality into that group and saying, look, right, if, we, if, you, if you try to stop Saka, you know, you, we've got Martinelli. If you try to stop Martinelli as well, we've got Jesus. If you try to stop all three of them, then we've got this other guy off the bench that can come and, and go again. Do you know what I mean? And it's going to be a full 90-minute match that you have to pay attention to us to stop us. Do you get what I mean? And I think at the moment, we don't necessarily have that extra oomph that if you can bring in a winger and have someone like Smith Rowe come back and hit top form, you know, that is a set of attackers that I think can really, really, you know, cause fear win us games and and as you said i think Partey goes down you know um yeah fine the drop off to oneni is quite big but i think you know you, we can still win games with elneni in there do you know what i mean like we saw last season when it when it came to the crunch time and elneni came in off our form i think we won six of nine um of the last uh Nine, nine games or eight games, I think it was. We won, won six, six of the eight games that Elneny came in and, and played in, right? So, you know, that's not necessarily um, a, a, a major, major impact on necessarily results. But I think 
where we really fell down at the end of last season in crunch time, say against Newcastle, you're under the cosh, right? Saka's looking tired, um, Martinelli's looking tired, Lacazette is Lacazette, you know, you know what, you know what you're gonna get there. Do we have that extra person that can come in and and really fire us, really get us a goal, really win us a match? And I think that's where we have to invest. And I don't to be honest, I actually don't know who that person um who that person should be really and who that can be um in January. Uh I, I know they're talking about this Mudrick guy. Their their owner of their club was talking about 100 M's um for him. And and if that's the price they're talking about, I don't think he would go for that much, but it's looking like that guy is becoming more and more expensive um every day. We're linked with this Terrier guy, uh 25. I think he's got 11 goals or competitions this season. I've not really watched him, but I'm seeing him get their um informed cards on Ultimate team. Um, so I know he's having a good. I know he's having a good year. Um, Zaha so six months left. Zaha six months, mate. I'll, I'll be for that, man. Zaha to come and give us that little push for um, you know and the you, trophy. You know, you know he would yeah. love it as well. You know he would of course, love it as well. Of course he would. Of course he would. Zaha six months left. That's not a bad shout, Sheldon. Sure, that's not a bad shout. You know, cheeky free three year contract for Zaha. Boy, I'd I'd, I'd definitely take that because he's he's definitely got the ability to. You know, as we've seen for Crystal Palace, win games on his own um, at times as well. So, you know, not a bad shout. But I think that's definitely the area that um, I would invest in. So um, just to end the pod here, I'd want to do a little, you know, sort of preview of, I guess, tonight's and Chelsea's game. Let's let's do it in one, right? So, you know, what... what so I think Cedric came on against Nottingham Forest. Um, Reese Nelson obviously came on. We're seeing Elneny back in full training. Uh, we're seeing Zinchenko back in full training. Um, so I think everyone is fit and firing bar uh, Smith Rowe. So, you know, for me, I would like to see a fully rotated team. I want to see, I want to see Cedric. I want to see Nelson. I want to see Elneny. I want to see Lokonga. I think Jack is suspended for this game anyway, so there's no chance that he's going to play. Um, so I want to see, you know, completely rotated midfield. Um, Nelson starting, maybe even see Marquinhos start. I think we won away there with Marquinhos starting, right? Um, you know, so so what sort of lineups are you trying to see for the Zurich game and then for Chelsea? Bargain basement. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we could rotate the whole eleven and win. Like you know, it's at home, so I just feel. You know, sometimes when Arteta likes to play first teamers, but I think at home you can afford to take more risks and you can have these guys on the bench in case things go wrong. But I don't expect it to go wrong. Well, I hope not anyway. But I think, you know, obviously, I think Xhaka being that is good. You know, he hasn't had a rest in time. So I think like Xhaka and Party being fresh for Stamford Bridge on Sunday for me is crucial, crucial, crucial. So yeah, Elneny, Lokonga, Vieira, load that midfield. Nelson, Eddie, Marquinhos, load that attack. Tini left back, Cedric right back. Maybe Tomiyasu and holding centre backs. That's, that's what I would do. I, I literally would rotate pretty much the whole the whole team. I think Ramsdale has to play because uh, Turner's injured still. But yeah. So, um, but yeah. Other than that, I would I would I'd rotate the whole team and rotate everyone. And that team is still good enough to win that game. You know, we just need a win to secure top spot. And you know, like I said, have the guys on the bench as insurance. But but really and truthfully, we shouldn't really be looking to use them, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, and, and and Leroy, how about you? Yeah, I, I want a bargain basement team. Stack the bench heavy with with the big big hitters, just in case. Um, because I feel like we should have enough to win, and even if we're not winning at if it's half time or if it's fifty minutes, you bring you bring on the big hitters. We should have enough to get a win. Um, I, I feel like we can do that, take that risk, because I want to see that. Don't get, oh, I'd love to dunk on Chelsea. I can't lie to you. Uh, I, need I know it's at the bridge. I know it's at the bridge. But if we dunk on Chelsea, that would be beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 I would lose to Wolves to dunk on Chelsea. I can't lie to you. That would make me too happy, bro. Yeah, yeah. I need the man mudded. Yeah, like yeah. If we get a draw, that that would be good too. But... Yeah, a point a point at the bridge is is calm to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like so. I think um, Chilwell went down injured uh, for them. Looking like he's going to be out of the World Cup. Reece James is unavailable. Fofana's unavailable. Um, I think uh, Kovacic had has got an injury scare as well. So it's looking like um, 
Loftus and and uh, Jorginho, maybe Gallagher in midfield. He's doing this wing back thing with uh, Pulisic and Sterling. So you know, I do think this is a great time to be playing Chelsea, um, which is another reason why I need this team fully rotated. As I mentioned before, you know, you're seeing these players go down midweek. I don't need any of that, man. I don't need any of that. I need um, our guys fit and firing on Sunday because if we beat Chelsea at the Bridge. I might have to to start talking crazy. I might, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to start talking crazy because Wolves this season are not very good. I still think they don't have a manager as well. Um, yeah, I probably, think that they're, they're close to appointing Lopetegui apparently. Lopetegui, so, yeah. right? So you know that's a great time to play Wolves as well um, in the last game before uh, before the World Cup. So you know, I need it to be two wins out of two. Really, I'll take a point. Obviously, I think a loss would be very dis- disappointing, considering sort of how we're playing, how Chelsea are playing. But you know, I think um, a win is possible, and I need our guys shooting. So you know, I agree with you lot. Pack the bench with the guys tonight. You know, it's a home game. Um, we we probably won't need them. You know, I would like to see. 2-0, bring on Matt Smith, etc. And all of these guys, Serjan, give him a run out. You know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. you know, we you know, football never never quite works out that way, but hopefully it does um tonight. And then we can go to to Stamford Bridge, weeks, weeks rest. I see Gabriel Jesus with his fresh trim as well. Um <laughs> looking to looking to excise these demons, you know, um, and, and get, get himself a goal. And I think he scored at the bridge last season. I think obviously Nketia got a brace there at the bridge. Um Saka scored that uh scored against Chelsea a couple of times now. So, you know, Martinelli's obviously got that famous goal against Ch- uh, Chelsea at the bridge. So, you know, come on, these guys, let's 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 do it, man. Let's do it. Let's 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 crash it on these, let's crash it on these bozos, man. Send send Potter back to HD cuts, man. <laughs> Let's fucking have you guys. Let's yeah. let's and and you see BT doing that promo as well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah saying, oh my god, uh, yeah. nothing personal, so, yeah. I, bruv, I need our cool. I need to Libra and Gabriel team, to wrap man up. Bruv, I, I need to clap, clap his head on on the whiteboard. I want a picture of a Bamiang <laughs> on the whiteboard. You see this? You gonna win your fucking duels? All of that, Dan. So, yeah, we will be doing um, a preview pod with uh, one of the guys from Chessie Hour. That should be out on Friday. Um, so you guys keep your ears peeled to the Patreon for that. But um, otherwise, um, we'll be back with a post-match after Chelsea. Hopefully, it's after um, uh, another stay at the W Hotel. Um, but Leroy, Sean, thank you guys for for joining me, um, and we'll speak to you guys soon. Podcast Network.